You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Thanks for joining us today. So Alana and I were just sitting here chatting like we always do on Zoom, just having our one of our normal conversations. And Alana's like, hit record because we were talking about how important it is to have healthy support around you when you're going through something like this and how we've noticed oftentimes women have really are connecting with other women. And I know like even in our group, Solana, that we have our support groups. And I know when we were with Worth support groups, women are making amazing connections and not feeling alone and not feeling crazy. And that's one of the reasons why we do support groups and why that's so important and valuable. However, I think there's a piece too that doesn't often get talked about. And that's how do you know when that support that you've developed and it felt good and it maybe feels like you're, you're getting support really isn't healthy. And what does healthy support look like versus unhealthy support? And I think kind of diving into that a little bit might be really valuable, which is why we're hitting record. So let's just continue where we left off, Alana. Well, I didn't say hit record. I was like, should we record this? And Amy, like, yes, record. And in like two seconds, we were recording. But I remember this group. Back when I was going through all of this, there was a couple 12-step groups around town and I went to this family support 12-step group and it was so good for me. It was so healthy and all the women were in pain, but there was this forward motivation. Most of the women in there were also doing individual therapy or some kind of coaching or they were doing something more than just group. And so we were able to reach out to each other. We're able to get support from each other, but we were all moving forward in our healing and our recovery work. And they were such a good group. They, I believe, were one of the reasons I moved where I moved is because I needed these people at this time in my life. And there was another group that I had gone to and I had went consistently for a little bit, but with time... I realized that this particular group wasn't healthy for me. And the reason it wasn't healthy for me was it was almost, well, a lot of the people in the group had been there for a really long time. And they, it felt more like they came to vent and feel validation in their pain, but they weren't actively moving forward. And so there was this energy in the group that was almost just like a negativity It felt like a little bit of a man bashing and it was just this, let's commiserate together versus this is really hard and painful. Let's move forward together. And what was so interesting to me is I worked for, at the time, at a recovery and I was an office manager there. And one of the therapists said to me, she came to me and she's like, have you been to this certain group in town? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I've been to that one. And she's like, I have a few clients who have come to me and they've come from this group. And she's like, they are so stuck. And it's almost like the women in this group are spinning them more and keeping them more stuck. And she's like, help me. Like what is happening in this group that you're seeing? And so we had this discussion between the two of us and between my take 
of being a participant and between her take of what she was seeing in her clients, it was interesting that there was just this dynamic happening in this particular group that was no longer helpful. And I see this with my clients now too, is I see some of my clients where their support people have been going through this for a really long time and are not progressing. Their friends are not progressing and they themselves are not progressing. And it's almost like they're all spinning together in this stuck place. And it's it's like the thought processes that they're doing, they're almost reinforcing in each other this being stuck versus this moving forward into greater healthiness. Yeah. I see that too. And what's coming to my mind is how tricky this can be to assess because when you don't have validation from people outside of betrayal because they don't get it and you finally get someone who validates and is like, yeah, I get it. Or you don't even have to really say a complete sentence because they're like, yep, mm -hmm, yep, I get it. It feels so amazing. And when you're in a relationship where that validation, maybe you don't have that piece of him understanding and getting into your story and seeing your impact, that's not happening. It can feel very lonely. And really, it's, a, it's that oxytocin, right, of connection to, yes, we get it. You understand my experience. I'm so glad. And that feels really, really good. To your point, I think when we're just getting that outside validation and not practicing the tools to really validate ourselves, validate our own story and trust ourselves, lean on ourselves. Like it has to all start with that inner work. And if you're only relying on these outside people, then it makes sense why you would not progress. I remember I didn't have any of these support groups. You know, I've said many times, none of this really existed when I was going through it, but I cleaned a bunch of different houses and a lot of the women would be there while I cleaned. And there were certain homes that I went into, certain women that couldn't wait to hear the latest crazy that I was experiencing with my ex. Like, oh my gosh, what happened this last week? You know, and I would be like, oh my gosh, you're never going to believe it. And they would just follow me around while I cleaned their home talking about the drama and all of the, and it was crazy what was happening. The abuse definitely amped up, right? And it felt good to have someone be like, oh, no way, that's insane, right? Yeah, okay, so I'm not crazy, yeah. Because especially when you have the abuse pieces, you still are trying to make sense of all of it because you do, you've been told you're crazy. That's why I think it's difficult. But here's what I can myself just attest to is at a certain point, I vividly remember dreading going to this one particular woman's house because I did not leave feeling uplifted. I did not leave feeling motivated. I was emotionally drained. I was tired. So even though it, there was this false sense of validation and like energy of all of that. And you get dopamine with all And of you get that dopamine. Uh, after it, because it was such a heightened sense of dopamine, right? Not the healthy kind, I would crash. And I think that's what's happening is when we don't get the healthy support where it's steady, where it's grounding, where it's centering, where it's really touching and tapping into these tools and principles of independence and right, all of that inner 
inner stuff, then it's not going to give you the healthy dopamine oxytocin hits to move forward and be energized from within. So I don't know if that made sense, but that's definitely was my experience. No, I think that's really interesting to look at it through that lens. And I think about it can be really healthy and beneficial to find guideposts, people who are further in the journey, who are mm-hmm. in the direction that you want to go. And so finding people who are further along and making sure, like I even think about like, I consider myself through my trauma. I don't feel like I'm living in trauma, but my guideposts today are not necessarily women who have been through betrayal trauma now. My guideposts are, oh, there's a professional that's doing something really cool. And I like the way their brain works. And where did they study and what did they learn? And, and so I find these guideposts who are further along to help me keep moving forward in the direction, like mentors of yeah. where I want to go. And I think about like, people used to reach out to me who wanted their marriages to work because I stayed in my marriage. And so they would specifically come to me of like, you have a marriage I want because you've been through this and your marriage healed. So can you help me learn what you learned? And what was interesting is sometimes they'd walk away really disappointed because what I gave them was, I'm so sorry, but what you're experiencing right now is not tools or situations that are going to lead towards a healthy marriage. What you're experiencing right now is abuse. And I can clearly state that because I'm in a place that I've gone through this. And other times I would be a guidepost that would say, actually, what you're feeling is really normal in that process. And unfortunately, this part of the journey just hurts, but I can see good elements of the relationship actually coming into place here. And because I was further in the journey, I could be that guidepost, even though I didn't always give them the answers they want. That for some people, I was that guidepost because I was further along. Other people are going to be my guidepost. But I think this is an important thing to stop and like question of like, who are my guideposts? Yeah. And are my guideposts living and moving in directions that I want? Because your guideposts are people who are emotionally dysregulated and they themselves are always in chaos or always dysregulated or the term addicted to the drama, like that woman who followed you around the house. Well, that's not going to move you forward. That will keep you stuck in where you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely will. I have another thought and I don't know how I feel about this. So maybe we'll, we'll take it out. But well, I do know how I feel about it. If you are doing relational work, if you are doing relational work and you want your marriage to work and there's been enough safety to put some investment in the marriage, it's really important that you have people in your circle who are friends of the marriage. I love that you said that. That I feel like becomes, and I see this on both sides, the betrayed support people and the betrayers support people. If they are not friends of the marriage and supportive of you working towards that marriage and at least giving it a shot because that's what's important to you, if they're constantly in your ear and tearing that down, that makes work really hard. And I'll just tell you as a couples therapist, when we have a 
like if I have a woman who's in betrayal trauma and she is determined for herself that there is enough safety, at least right now, that she wants to put dip her toe in, but they're constantly like going like, are you sure? Why are you dipping your toe in? What's happening? And they're constantly in her ear. There is this tug and pull in this back and forth that makes it really hard for her to figure out for herself if the dipping the toe in is actually the right move or not. Mm-hmm. It's like they come in and they muddy the water up. Yep. Yep. It you messes with your wise femininity. It'll just mess that up because now you're even wondering more. Wait, is am I right? Wait, is this feel safe? Wait, am I wrong? Just that questioning yourself and what you're wanting to do there. Yeah. If you find yourself doing that after a conversation with someone, you really, I would really implore you to check, is this a healthy support? And maybe I create some, doesn't mean you dump the person, but okay. So I'm going to create some boundaries and maybe this conversation around my marriage isn't a conversation I'm willing to have with that person anymore. And let's talk about other things. And here's what's interesting. I had a client who did this and we did the circle, the boundary circle dealio. And we moved this one friend of hers to an outer rather than that inner safety boundary circle. We moved them out a little bit, which was certain topics are not okay to talk about. Others are. Once she communicated that, like, you know what? I still want to go to lunch with you. I still want you as my friend, but just going to push pause on the relationship, my relationship communication, and just not okay with talking about that right now. Interesting. The friend no longer wanted to go to lunch. The friend no longer wanted to do things with her anymore. She only wanted to talk about her relationship. And that, that, was, a lot of, that was a lot of grief for her to realize. That's really the only reason why this person wanted to be with her is to get the gossip, get the juice, get the scoop, whatever, but talk about that relationship. So I think it, it can feel maybe a little scary to create those boundaries because you might see really where that friendship or support is. And I think that's a really good wake-up call, a really good reality check of who your support is. Yeah, a good friend does not show up and try to tell you your situation. They don't show up and try to tell you your experience. They don't show up and dig for information. A good friend usually, or this is through my lens, this is, but this is reinforced in a lot of boundary books is they allow you to have your experience and then they support you through whatever experience you're having. Mm-hmm. And think about even in therapy, like as a therapist, I'm not going, you're messed up. That's messed up. How dare he do that? Instead, I'll reflect back of, ooh, that sounds like that was really hard for you. What was that like for you? What, what did you notice there? I'm getting curious and I'm not dictating or telling them what their experience is. I'm allowing them room to have their experience while I support them in that. Right. And so the only time I would advocate for someone just being straight up is abuse. That's the only time I would advocate for your friend or support is when you hear this person that you care about experiencing just that's abusive. There's a way to say that kindly, but I, that's the only excuse that I would make is that sounds like abuse. Yes. And I a hundred percent agree with that. 
But then what happens usually the unhealthy friend is that's abuse. You need to this, you need this, to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Versus when I'm sitting with a client or a friend, usually it's, can I point out to you what I'm seeing? Mm-hmm. Right. So now I'm not telling them even what their experience is. I'm just pointing out, here's what I'm seeing. Yeah. And then I allow them room to do what they want with that. Yeah. Because the minute somebody starts telling someone else, you need to do this and this, their brain usually turns off, especially when it comes to abuse. Abuse, there's layers of getting to that understanding and then getting to that acceptance. And then with the acceptance, getting to the layers of ready to act. And so there then- is, there's, it takes so much time. I, right. I totally know that. And I think that just in our culture, we're so hesitant to call it out and just oh. say what it is. And I'm just, I just feel like there's a way to say, you know, what I'm hearing you describe is sounds abusive. I think that I would, yeah. Anyways, for me personally, yeah. I just, that's the. And I'm difference. totally agreeing with you. It's what comes after that get I, sticky. It does get sticky. It does get sticky. Even in this conversation, my clients that I worry the most about this happening, I kind of feel like they're going to hear this episode and still like go in their head of, okay, but my two besties are, I need them and they're exactly what I need. And I'm not saying you have to drop your best friends with love, just more awareness of how it is impacting you. And is it helping you go in the direction you want to go? Is it going to get you the result that you're really looking for? And long-term results. Long-term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do what you want with this episode. It might hit a nerve and it make you really uncomfortable. And if it does, that might be something to process. But I do see this frequently enough that I think it definitely warranted an episode and a conversation around. It does. And I know you're wrapping up, but one thought, this doesn't just have to relate to friends. I see this with family members. Yes. So I just, we didn't mention that word. And I just want to say that's where it can get even harder is when family members are involved and maybe you even needed to involve them for financial support or whatever. And now you feel like you have to take their advice. That's where it gets tricky too. But everything we just talked about still applies same principles apply is you are the only one that is in charge of your life. And I think just, you got to know where you're going. You got to know where you want to go and surrounding yourself with people that support where you want to go is how you get there. And if they're not, then we just move them. Don't cut them off. We just move them and certain topics are okay and others aren't. And how can they support me in a different way? So there's way to, to maneuver that. But that can be really tricky too when family is not a healthy support. I'm so glad you added that. Okay. Well, we will wrap up for this week. Send us in your questions. If you have questions on this one in particular or any of our episodes, always send those in. We're love. We love having that connection with you. We like the opportunity to make sure that we're tackling things that you do want to hear about. So please share this podcast with others who you feel like would benefit from it. And as always, thanks for hanging out with Amy and I today, and we'll see you next week. 
Head on over to Choose Recovery Services to sign up for your support group, whether you are working on your marriage or separated some part of the divorce process, we have a group for you. And if you are ready to really start gaining more of that personal awareness and take your healing to that next level of introspection and more of that post-traumatic growth, then you'll want to get your spot in my Believing in You coaching program. The next 12-week cycle starts August 2nd, right in time for kids to go back to school and you to get back to you. For more information on that, head over to the show notes. Healing doesn't just happen to you. So continue to choose recovery, to choose healing, and to choose you. Take care, everybody.